We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished. Mine! It's with the ancestors! I'm yeah, sorry, drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all feckin' boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all feckin' boring! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov and my granddaughter, it's my granddaughter, my granddaughter's here with me. And are you there, God? It's me, Colin Drucker. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. It seemed like too big of a... what is the chant? Like, we we must, we must, we must expand our bust? Is that what it was? I Something believe. develop our bust? Yeah, we must, we must, ex- we must expand. I mean, that's like the quote of the movie. And we're both like, I don't know. I don't relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, can't. I already have, I already yeah. have boobs. Oh. They're called boobs, Ed. Yeah, right. That's those. That's where my knowledge of boobs goes. I'll, oh, we must increase our bust. Obviously. Increase. We must increase we our bust. Yeah. Well, anyway, ah, well, here we are. You know, speaking of which, we are here increasing our busts uh, by expanding our hearts by talking about uh, 2023's lovely adaptation of the classic Judy Bloom novel. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> I love how you say, are you there, God? Are you there, That's God? Good. Hey, it's me, Margaret. Hey. I, yeah, yes. like in my version of this book, it's it is it's like it it stars Kathy Bates as Margaret. You know, it's really an old woman in New Jersey. Yes, absolutely. Now, I mean, Judy Bloom, I feel is like very formative for like '90s kids, and I don't know if that's like, but I, clearly she's been around for a while. But um, do you remember Judy Bloom books in elementary school? Of course, I never really read yeah. Judy Bloom books, and I would say that I. I often would confuse Judy Bloom with like Beverly Cleary. Yep. Oh yes, of course. Though I because th- I'm looking at her books. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say I think I have a Judy Bloom book on my bookshelf that I got at like either one of the the free book table in uh, Sunnyside or at a used bookstore. But I think Judy wrote a few like books for adults, and I think there's one she wrote called Wifey that is supposed to be like I don't yep. know about like a woman exploring her sex life but i have that so i do have a judy bloom book i love that because i i'm looking at her list of books here it's it's by the cover too which is great i remember reading tales of a fourth grade nothing couldn't uh-huh. tell you what it's about at all i remember super fudge yeah uh-huh. and i think those are the only two that i'm really kind of there's fudge mania which i feel like was some sort of continuation of super fudge but uh and what but never fudge? read who's is i know i don't know what it is like if someone were to ask me <laughs> what do you think super fudge is about i would say it's about like a little girl whose little brother eats brownies all the time and he's always got yes. chocolate on his face and she's got to babysit him <laughs> it's just a mess is that what super fudge is about i have no idea let me see super fudge i'll do this here Super fun. And then fudge mania uh, is where like their parents go out of town and he has some friends over and it turns out they all eat brownies. And so she's got to deal with like a weekend <laughs> of kids eating brownies. All right, here it 
Here it is. Which attracts bugs. So, Go ahead. Sorry. A brief synopsis is Farley Drexel Hatcher, otherwise known as Fudge, thinks he's a superhero, but his older brother Peter knows Fudge is nothing but a big pain. Dealing with Fudge is hard enough, but now Peter's parents have decided to move to New Jersey for an entire year. Even worse, Peter's mom is going to have a new baby. All right. All right. Well, I was close. I was really close. Seems like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so spot on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so pretty much. Uh, well, and, you know, that does that does bring up there. There it seems to be a New Jersey connection for Judy Bloom, because, of course, um, I guess if this were a Broadway musical, we would call it God or Margaret. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but that is set in New Jersey. And as I'm looking on IMDb, it makes sense because Judy Bloom. And I were born in the same city in New Jersey of Elizabeth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jersey gals. Jersey gals. Eliz- I wonder if she was born in Elizabeth General like me, which is a great drag oh name, by God. the way, Elizabeth General. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. good. If I wasn't Barbara, please, I would be Elizabeth General. Like That's that's yes. my, ba- my backup name. Um, Love it. But yeah, so Judy Bloom, I guess maybe I need to uh, maybe pick up a copy of Summer Sisters and go to town. Yeah, I mean, it takes me back because I like, I really, really loved reading as a kid, like, especially like, what do they call it? Sustained silent reading, like SSS is what we called it in elementary school, where Mm -hmm. we would just like sit and read a book. And I was like, I can do this all day, every day. And the books were just so, I just like ate them up. And I just loved reading. And then sometime, like somewhere along the line, like once high school hit, I was just like, I don't really want to read books anymore, which sucks because I really did like reading and I keep trying to get back into reading. And I'm, I, I feel a lot of people say that you just need like one book to kind of get you back in the groove, but um, haven't found it yet, folks. So I don't know. I feel like I just need to read something a little bit pulpy and mainstream, like some sort of like murder thing. That's what I to get back in like girl on a train yeah well that's what i was gonna say is like i feel like you know don't yeah don't be afraid to start small just to get into like the act of reading again because i have like some old fear street and like you know teen young adult like horror books from the 90s that you know i found you know used bookstores or whatever and it's like a they're super engaging they fly by they're like 160 pages and like they're good, you know? Like, yeah. it's not Faulkner, but I don't want Faulkner right now, you know? So, yeah. So maybe I like that that's idea. something to start with. And who knows? Maybe a little Judy Bloom, even, you know? I would love that too. Ugh, core memories. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, so Judy Bloom, I mean, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret was kind of always to me like a bit of a punchline. You know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of like a, a thing to say. Uh, but not but yeah. to have no context about, you know, and, and to kind of, I know what you, mean. you know, yep. make a bit of a joke of. It's sort of like a, it feels like it belongs on the shelf with our changing bodies. And, you know, yes. Um, I don't know, like uh, the boy in the bubble. I'm just thinking of like cheesy things from the 70s. Yeah, like after school specially type of things. Right. Yes. Right. Um, and so they, of course, an adaptation came out in 2023, and I heard about it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, good for them," and and whatnot. And then I didn't really hear much about it, but anytime I heard anyone talk about this movie, they were just like glowing about it. So I thought, "Oh, good. Oh, it's you know, good for them." And oh, Rachel McAdams yeah. is in it. Oh, isn't that nice? She's in her mom era. I love it. Um, but. 
she was getting like mild, you know, uh, considerations for the best supporting actress race and just kind of felt like, well, don't threaten us with a good time. Maybe we should see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, I so love that you thought of this and chose this for this week. I think it's really kind of a little bit of a pit stop from like the awards ceremony circuit too. Mm -hmm. And so many of the movies that I want to see are either in theaters or not available to like stream for free yet. So this is a perfect sort of like bye week because then we have your birthday choice next week and then my birthday choice the following week. So I think I'm hoping maybe we'll have something to stream for free by then, you know? Yeah, I think so. I feel like obviously with the Oscar nominations out, there may be a few things we need to, you know, uh, catch up on and get onto our our calendars, but yeah, yeah. I I felt like again yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> I felt like we needed a little bit of a break from the Oscar race. I felt like May December and the holdovers, I think inspired some heavier conversations. N- great episodes, no complaints. But yeah. it was like, what if uh, you know, what if we found something that made us feel uplifted at the end? Yeah. And I mean, like an hour and 46 minutes or something, a little bit over an hour and a half. And we love that, too. And I was I really think there's like this because at the beginning I started watching it. And in the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, no, is this going to be just fine? You know, like I didn't Uh hate it, but I didn't love it. But then it really just takes off. I feel like in so many ways, the movie matures along with Margaret. Like it really does feel like a kid's movie at the beginning. And then, like, towards the end, it sort of involves evolves into this, like, beautiful coming-of-age story um, that, you know, really kind of embellishes Barbara's character, too, because she wasn't, I mean, I just, like, read on IMDb, of course, that, like, Barbara wasn't really a big part of the story, but I'm so glad they expanded it for Rachel McAdams because she's fucking great. Oh my yeah. god. She just I mean I'll I'll say overall for this. I I love this. I love this yeah. movie. I agree with you. At first I had the same feeling of like, "Oh, is this just going to be fine? Like not bad, but just like, yeah, it was a good yeah. movie." But I think there's so much good in here and Rachel McAdams is so high on that list. She is such a delight. I mean, it's so funny to think like there's, you know, the big sort of mean girls renaissance happening right now and like the the Renee Rappesance that's happening right now. And yes, to think yes. back to like uh I guess it's just Renaissance. I couldn't whatever. But you know, to no, I like it. to think that yeah. Rachel McAdams was the original Regina George back in the day. And like to realize, I guess, how much of a performance that was, because like I couldn't love Barbara Simon more. Like I know. And by proxy Rachel McAdams. Like I couldn't love her more i just think oh best supporting mom at the westons let's just make sure we put that on that name out there right now yeah i mean i feel like i'm gonna say it it's like as soon as i start watching these other movies too with other supporting actresses i'm just like davine who you know i just i felt so much more in this movie for rachel mcadams playing barbara than i did really at all in the holdovers and i again i hate saying it but i i'm watching these tiktoks and they're like just gushing over davine joy randolph in the holdovers and i'm like what what is it i need to read some articles i think i don't know if there's like something that i can read for someone to explain it to me or is it just like a really kind of I don't know. I'm rambling here. I just need someone to help explain. Well, and I think that's also why 
we are doing this movie this week because it's like I feel yeah. like that is such a, a a big factor of the best supporting actress race this year is just feeling like I just don't see it and so it's just kind of this alternate reality there's been a bunch of different awards you know and, and critics awards and whatnot where Rachel McAdams has been nominated or won best supporting actress so I feel like we just have to focus on the awards that are being given out to the people that we feel deserve them. So, um, yeah. And then just kind of, you know, push through the Oscars. But, uh, but the point is this movie, I feel like, I feel like, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, for anyone listening, this to me brought back those like good, warm feelings of a nineties movie even though it's set in the seventies, but there's so many good yes. movies from the nineties set in the seventies. So like a, my girl kind of feeling, you know? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even like, you know, the sandlot, but you know, just like, a there is, even though that's the fifties, but, uh, or the sixties, I don't think it matters. Something um, like that. Yeah. But I just like, I slid into this movie and it was just a warm bath and I was so into it and I loved the texture of it and the feeling of it. And like, I just, I was rooting for this movie while I was watching it. I was like, yeah, good for you. You're just, this is like just a good movie, like just a good fucking movie. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen this at least get a little bit of recognition at the Globes. I think this is like a perfect Globes movie. Like, I mean, it feels Coda-ish, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's it it has like Coda energy. I feel like there's uh it's a different vibe, but I I thought of Cha-Cha real smooth just in terms of like the general like charm of the movie. Uh I yes. feel like it's it's a little bit it's a much more hopeful version of 8th grade. Um Yeah. It's certainly a 70s sister of Pen 15. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, uh, particularly the four girls, Margaret and her three little friends, I was also getting big A Little Princess vibes. Like, oh, yes. Each of them absolutely. was a little princess character. Oh, God. I mean, I, I, she did her job well, but I guess her we'll call her L. I don't know if it's Ellie, but I'm going to say L. Graham as Nancy Wheeler is just uh, Regina George and reincarnate. Really, like she's the worst human being I've ever met, and I was just so furious. Like from the moment I met her, I was like, "Oh, is this like a spunky neighbor that's just kind of right like, precocious that I'm going to end up loving?" And she quickly. We quickly learn that she is not, and she's basically poison. And I just, I've never hated anyone more. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I loved how it was handled by the end, where it was like, yes, of course. I think yes. we've all had some variation of that, even as adults, of like that friend where you realize, like, oh, I thought you were like the spunky neighbor, but you're actually kind of a bitch. And I'm going to let us drift, you know? Um, yeah. And I felt like, oh, yeah, that happens when you're a kid. And uh, it, so, it, like, she was a nightmare, but I felt, like, with purpose. Like, I understood why I was being put through Nancy Wheeler's wheelings and dealings. Yeah, you kind of need that bridge to, you know, she's a new kid with an, in a new school. And unfortunately, she didn't meet, she met the wrong person first who just kind of, like, it, attached to her and just, like, 
I don't blame Margaret for going along with it because she needed friends and, you know, she didn't want to be left out in the cold. So it's just like, I guess I'll hang out with you, even though you're kind of terrible. And I just, I just wanted to scoop her up and get her out of there. Yeah. And I, but I, you know, but it's like, I, I also, I think of, uh, I can't remember the character's name from eighth grade where I think it's like, oh, you know, sweet little bump pumpkin, like you I, you are going through such a difficult period right now, but I, you are going to bloom. You are going to just what you're going to be on the other end of this. And I feel like this yes. is like a bit of what Barbara probably is going to experience. And so many parents experience of like, I can't save you from this because if, if I have to let you go through it so you can become that person. Yeah. And I, I think we've chatted about it, but I still have not seen eighth grade. And I know that you had a lot of good things to say about it, but I, I've not seen it yet. I thought we did an episode on it. We did? Yeah. Be- yeah. Yes. Eighth grade? Oh, my goodness. I'm so embarrassed. Let me look this up here. I okay, thought Remind me of who else is in it. So it had uh, Josh Hamilton played the dad. I could swear. I know we did it on All Right, Mary. So maybe it was All Right, okay. Mary. We did it in, uh, in September as part of our back to school month. So maybe it was All Right, Mary. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these characters, Ma- but I, I I thought we chatted about it before. Yeah, I know you said you had. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, because I don't know why. Know, I don't know her. I don't know why we would have done it as a. There's no BSA of eighth grade. Oh, Good maybe job. I assigned it to you, and maybe you just never watched it. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. I, oh well, you need to get eighth grade on your list. Like, oh my yeah. god, it's so good. It really is. Like, especially after seeing this, it's a great companion piece. Nice. Put it on the list. Oh, don't tell me that. You'll never see it. Um, <laughs> well, for anyone who doesn't know, who did not read this book growing up and, and is not intimately familiar with with Margaret, so the story of this is that uh, Margaret initially is, is living in New York with her parents, Barbara and Herb. Uh, and Barbara, of course, played by Rachel McAdams. And Herb or Herb depending on how you pronounce yeah. the age played by Benny Safdie. And I feel like he's somebody now he's like one of the Safdie brothers. They did the uncut jams. Um, oh, uncut jams. Uncut jams. Yeah. I think he's in that show, the curse with Emma stone and Nathan Fielder, uh, which just looks like two and un- that about as uncomfortable as, as like the squid games. I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. Yeah. I can't do Nathan Fielder. God bless him. I mean, I've, I've seen a couple episodes of his show, like the one where he's just being awkward with people and I just want to crawl into a hole, but he does it well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just don't thrive on, on that cringe humor i just yeah, can't that's um, okay but anyway so they live in new york her grandma sylvia played by kathy bates in a very shirley mclean role <gasps> yes right the red hair right thank you for identifying that because i i just couldn't place her i'm like she looks like, she looks like someone i mean how great would it have been to have caroline aaron in this oh, role though god yeah i know i mean you know kathy bates is like a methodist or something you know well <laughs> yeah it scream jewish grandma but uh, it's fine it's a bit of a stretch i mean she's great but it, it is a bit of a stretch in terms of like New York, long you know, all longtime Jewish grandmother in New York, yeah, um, sure. But you know, I'm always happy to see Kathy Bates. So absolutely, ever since I watched that, A Home of Our Own. Well, oh, that's right. Yes, I have a whole new you relationship. Love I love that movie. I just <laughs> I sit my arms in a windowsill and I hold a hammer. And I think, yeah, me and Kathy. 
Um, ah, well, anyway, Herb gets a new job and the Simons moved to New Jersey and it is 1970. And uh, so that means sign sealed delivered is on the is on the soundtrack at some point. Like, the, of course, all the 70s, all the songs, you know, from Toyota commercials in the 90s are in this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, but Margaret uh, is quickly befriended by Nancy Wheeler down the street. And Nancy introduces her to Janie and Gretchen. Janie, who would be like the Susie in A Little Princess yes. and Gretchen, who is the Ermengarde from a little princess absolutely yeah that's so true right Ugh. and then nancy would be that that mean one with the hair oh god i know I, I need to look it up because it's like her name is little okay little princess here we yeah. go because it's it's so true it's like the venom that she is just like spewing the entire time and just like all the rules and how she bosses everyone right. around um what is her name Lavinia? Yeah, I think so. It starts with an L in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And of course, Margaret is our Sarah, you know. Um, you yes. remember the, what does she yell at her dad? Papa, remember the Rama. Oh, you don't. Oh, 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 it doesn't matter. I'm just stimming out over yeah. here. Remember that quote where she's like, remember yep. the thing. Remember the Ramadana or the something they used to do in India. Um, yep. Anyway. So far less dramatic, Margaret, you know, joins, she's at a, at a new school with her new friends. Uh, she's got her, her new sixth grade teacher, Mr. Benedict, who I think is just a sweetie Dottie. Yes. Yeah. He's perfect. He's great. Just, and I was just like, oh, I love that they have a little moment at the end. And I love that he even had his own little micro plot about feeling a little insecure and a little self-conscious. Yeah. He was really sweet. He reminds me of like the teachers on, um, like I keep wanting to say Heartbreaker, but what's that show with the gay with the gay kids across the pond? Heartbreak, Heartbreaker, Heartbreaker. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're like two old fuddy duddies over here. Can't remember anything. Couple of today, super fudges. Yeah. <laughs> Eating brownies. Uh, but I, yeah, but yeah. it reminds. <laughs> Art stopper. Art stopper. Well, you, Jeez, you break it, you stop it. Either way, I sound like my mother. Yeah. Pierce Bronson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. excuse me um well yes yeah, so, and and he is played by echo kellum who i i was looking up i don't know him from anything but it looks like he was at least in one episode of hot in cleveland does that sound familiar okay it does not but okay. that's another show i just i don't think i could ever watch but uh yeah glad it existed i'm sure a lot of people really loved it i'm glad it exists but i, yeah. I and i feel like Valerie Bertinelli, Wendy Malick, uh, Jane Leaves, and of course Betty White. Betty White. But it's just like I don't, I don't want to see them not be funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my grandma Kachanov, God rest her soul. She used to get so mad at Betty White anytime she was on a magazine that she picked up at the grocery store, or when she was in Hot in Cleveland. She just all of a sudden hated Betty White. She's like, she's too old. She just needs to retire. And I'm like, well. I hear you, Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. She just had this. That, yeah. Uh, that bitch just won't quit, yeah. will she, Grandma? Yeah. <laughs> yes, she will not. Oh. It's all good. Well, uh, through through Nancy, Margaret also, you know, we meet Evan, uh, Nancy's older brother, who apparently walks around naked. I it's just. Yeah, that was a weird line. That was weird. I like, it was like, I know it's 1970, but like, 
maybe I just didn't grow up in a naked family. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, same. We just we didn't do that. But uh, but she also meets <laughs> Evan's friend Moose, who I just thought was just a sweetie, another sweetie. Oh. Uh, Moose and his armpit hair. That was such a Pen15 moment. Yeah. She, it's like the back of the neck in Pen15. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and Evan kind of reminds me of Maya's older brother. It's the same energy. Yep. Same dynamic. Yeah. Love that. Well, Love and that. speaking of Pen15, I mean, some of their classmates, particularly Norman, is big Gabe energy. Oh, I mean, I, I wrote in my notes, like, I am Norman. Norman is me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was just like, oh, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, I just loved him. There I, he is. Oh, I just wanted to pinch his cheeks. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm doxing him, but there was a kid. I think he transferred out because I went to a Catholic K through eight, and I think he transferred mm-hmm. out somewhere in like maybe first grade or something. He just, I know, or maybe second, but he wasn't, he didn't go to the end with us. But I feel like he, we probably had a couple in Norman slash Gabe's, but I know he was one and he had the name for it. And hopefully he's not listening. And if he is, I hope he's doing well. Uh, but his name was Barry Knox. And like Barry Knox. That's the name of a Norman. That's the no and he was a you know, he was a bigger guy and and yeah. I think he was a nice little boy. I don't think he was ever mean to me, but uh Oh that's good. Yeah. But no, I remember uh, when I think back on like who was the who was the gabe of our class, it was probably Barry Knox. Ah, God bless you, Barry. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I do too. Um, but you know, so all of this, of course, similar to kind of uh, probably a few years, a couple years younger than the pen 15 girls, but it's kind of the same idea of, of, you know, uh, you making your little friend groups, being in the secret club that hangs out on the porch together, um, you know, has crushes on unattainable, good looking boys and very focused on having boobs and getting their periods. Yeah. God, it's so hard to be a little girl. I just like, I feel like it's so much worse in middle school. Because, I mean, I feel, you know, as blossoming gay, closeted gay boys in middle school, like, I I was friends with these girls, though. I, I, I didn't have, thank God I didn't have any Nancy Wheelers in my life, but I definitely had some Margarets and some, some Janies and Gretchens, too. And, you know, I think we all just sort of helped each other out. I was always friends with, like... Even the Laura Dankers of the group, too. Like, I loved a Laura Danker type. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you, you and me, we're going to we're gonna get through this. Right, right. I see you. You see me. Yeah, these were, that's yes. the thing. Is also, you know, sixth grade. Yeah, that's when all my friends were the girls because that's when yep. all the boys were calling me gay and all the boys were mean to me, but the girls would be my friend and that's who I sat with at lunch. And, uh, and, and like, so, of course, it was like, yeah, even though this is all like coming of age for like little 12-year-old girls, I witnessed all of this. I heard all about my friends being like, "Oh, I just got my period." Like I was very much familiar with all of this. I my friend Jessica had a screened-in porch very similar to Nancy's and we used to play Mall Madness on that porch and oh. uh Pretty Pretty Princess. Um I dreamed of playing those games. Oh. I think I've only played Pretty Pretty Princess once. And it was the best because none of my friends, I, I mean, my friends were girls, but none of them had mall madness. Like I, I, and I just wanted to, I wanted to play it like the credit cards. And what was the other one? It was called like dream phone or something. Yeah. There was like, like uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, I think yeah. it was dream phone. Um, cause I remember the, like the pink phone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but oh, mall madness, mall madness. 
I mean, I remember the, the, the commercial as well. Mall Madness. It's Mall Madness. I remember that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, sale at the shopping boutique, which it's like, what the fuck's yes, a shopping yes. boutique? Uh, Swipes plastic card. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, I mean, that was like gay monopoly. It was Mall Madness. Uh, but anyway, like, so yeah, this world, like all of this is actually very familiar because this is what, even growing up, growing up in New Jersey, this is pretty much what my childhood looked like. I love that. It feels like you were adopted. Like you were like you see those videos of animals who, if it's like a a mom, like a mother cat and her kittens, and she adopts like a like a a random duckling. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they're all just they're like we're all family now. It's true. It's like it's one of those TikTok trends. that's like behind every gay man in middle school or gay boy is like an army of like allies who are all girls and like would like take a bullet for him yeah well i'll tell you years ago i was alone in my apartment and for whatever reason i decided to do some mushrooms you know because i was yes. here in your 20s and you're like, yeah, I, yeah. I, something tells me i need to work through something so i did like not a huge dose but enough to get me going somewhere and i like ended up like it, I, I was very inspired to like just write my thoughts and I just wrote pages and pages, but I was like thinking, you know what I need to do? I need to message those girls and I need to tell them how grateful I am for them, for being my friend and how much I, how highly I think of them and how much I love them and blah, blah. And they saved my life. And I'm glad I didn't because I just think it may have been a little too vulnerable, but part of me thinks at some point I still will like maybe as I get a little bit older, because like, it's the truth, girl. Like those girls just unquestionably were just my friends. And there is just something about the fact that absolutely they took me in as the orphan duck and were like, no, you can swim with us little friend." And it was, and none of them ever were like, yeah, but are you gay? Like nobody ever made me have to like prove myself in the group. I was just one of the group. Yeah, there's a really popular TikToker on TikTok, and I can't remember his name. He has a beautiful smile, and he does these, like, videos. It's, like, they're just, like, staged fake videos where he's standing in the background with, like, his arms folded, and he's kind of looking down, like, all sheepish. And there's a girl in the front, and she's like, he's not gay. He just really likes, like, he watches Glee, and he, like, loves Rachel Berry, okay? It's, like, like girls just standing right, up for their gay right. best friend in middle school, and it's so cute. And it's true. It's, like... I feel that I I always sat with the guys at lunch in middle school. Like I was quote unquote straight passing enough. Like I found the nice boys who were like not assholes. Mm-hmm. And I just had like one or two of them and that was enough. But like, I still loved hanging out with my girls. Like anytime we had to group up in classes, like, or gym class, like I, I was running towards them with open arms too. And I'd like to think that, I helped them too. You know what I mean? Because like, it's such a strange transactional relationship for like middle school, you know, like the girls that never got any attention from boys, but like Mm. the gay boys were there for them to lift them up. And they provided the same thing for us. Like, I don't know if it was the same kind of lifting, but it was like this protection or at least like a sense of belonging, you know? Absolutely. That it's, you know, that's true that there were a lot of the girls that I was friends with. There were some where it was like, 
they were the girls that like uh, I can think of one or two like that other people other you know even sometimes other girls weren't really talking to or like weren't really including yeah. certainly none of the other boys were talking to and so it's like at the very least it's like you know I don't know I I feel like when you feel like the outsider even if it's like you think it's a secret um when you see somebody else who is being an outsider if you see sort of the you know the girl who's going through an awkward stage whatever you know whatever it may be that makes her the outsider at the time acne whatever it's like there's a natural empathy where it's like and it's a sense of safety of like okay well like i'm not going to reject you you're not going to reject me we're not the rejecting other people type like we're both yeah. secretly grateful for the, each other's connection right now um so yeah i hope that they i i agree with you i hope that we gave back in some way yeah, I think it uh, both ends helped the other end, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and if anything, all the good we do. If the, all the look at all the good we do. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> we, I think, were probably in the long run as they became adults, I think we were a good formative, like, early gay in their life of like, oh, oh, he was gay. Okay. Though that's like, I think. There's oh, yeah. there's something, and this would be something I'd love to like talk to straight women about, or women, you know, friends with gay men. Of like, there must be like for gays, there is an inherent value in like being able to tell if somebody else is gay. But I feel mm -hmm. like there is also a value in a woman being able to tell, like, uh, like other than the obvious things of like, oh, you're gay, like, oh, we can we can connect on that level. Um, like, what's yeah. What's the value of gaydar to a straight woman other than not falling for gay men? That's my question. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's like a sense of safety too. Like I saw a TikTok uh, just this week where like this, I, I feel like this girl lives in like West Hollywood or something and she walked by like a, like a, a happy hour and there's like a thousand gays and she looked really good and they were all just like, yes, and just like we're snapping their fingers. She's like, and I felt so fucking safe. And uh -huh. I, you know, it's just this, like, because any other city or, or you're a part of the city, like, a, a woman is always sort of on guard, I guess, too. It's, like, something that, like, we as men never really think about. I wouldn't say never think about, but um, I think it's it, it's interesting that um, I, there is a sort of safety with with gay men that you might not get from, I would, uh, you know, straight men specifically and, and like other women, I guess too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with all this, but I hope that makes sense. No, I, I hear you. I feel like, and you know, and this could be going to a whole other tangent, but then when there's like gay men who are like, Oh, there's women in the gay bar, whatever. It's like, we wouldn't have a table to have a seat at if it wasn't for women. Like, yeah. Gay, like, I I wouldn't have a table to exclude women from if women weren't didn't let me sit at their table at one point. Yes, okay. Exactly. So like they are, okay. they don't have a seat at the table. They have the table, and and we have seats. Yes, exactly. And I I think it goes without saying too that like if someone's just a drunk idiot, like yeah, of course, get them out of the bar. Right. Uh, you know, bachelor parties at a drag show. That's that's cringe enough to not cringe. Like the idea is nice. But just act appropriate, you know, tip the queens, yeah. be respectful and, and don't drink too much and don't act like an idiot. Yeah. Now, have you seen, we've talked about it a bunch on All Right, Mary, but I don't know if you've seen, there's this video of Delta. Um, there's like <sighs> some girl who like, I guess, interrupted the performance, whatever, and Delta kind of like standing over her at a bar. And she was like, um, from under which rock did you come from? Who, who <gasps> brought you? 
And then she's like, if I grabbed your tit to the supermarket, I bet you'd be pretty upset, wouldn't you? And like, but it becomes this whole incredible thing. It becomes a beautiful moment. It's it's truly very Delta, but um, but it's I things love like Delta that. So much, yeah. Like, don't yeah. grab Delta's tits, you know. Um, yeah, haven't seen that clip, but I'm oh, gonna look that I'll up send it to you. It's great. so good. Um, yeah. And I think everything we're saying is relevant because in the in the imaginary or potentially real sequel to this this novel slash movie, Margaret is going to have so many gay friends. Oh yeah. I mean she need it's I was going to say she needs them, but like I think yeah, she's like such gay fodder for like middle school boys yeah. cuz she's kind. And she and she's I a feel like mature. she doesn't judge. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh she grew up you know for part of her life in the city. I feel like you know Barbara, oh my god, Barbara has so many gay friends and like ah oh, she's an artist. She's an artist. Yeah. And you know it's like I feel like at some point in high school, Margaret, who's going to then go by like Maggie, uh, is you know going to bring home some friends, and Barbara's going to see one of the boys in the group. And at first, she's going to be like, "Oh, what's going on here?" But then very quickly, she'll realize like, "Oh, uh, Stevens. Okay, Stevens gay. I'm not worried about it." You know, and yeah, it's um, always Steven or Michael. Yeah, yes, or Michael, yes, yes. absolutely. And at some point, you know, Barbara is going to make it clear to Michael slash Stephen, like, if you ever need to talk, you know. Feel free. You know, she's going to be the safe uh, mom down the street. I as a, I would be so in love with Barbara as a young gay boy. Like, oh. I would just be best friends with her. I'd be like, Barb, what's the scoop? I would just be in the kitchen with her. Yep. I'd probably spend more time with Barbara than Margaret. <laughs> oh, yeah. This would be like... Uh, uh... Anna in Pen15 hanging out with the one kid's oh God, parents. The bagel bites. Yeah, in the bagel yes. bites. I better go check on those rascals. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Barbara would be the mom. Because um, she's, I, she's so, I think she's so, so lovely. But I have to point out, like, I think in terms of, like, best supporting actress, like, I think that Rachel McAdams, it's not like she has some big moment or she has some big meltdown or she has some big set piece it's just this like consistently great performance throughout but i feel like within that there's these little things like when she is talking when she's first talking to margaret about her parents and um you know about them not you know wanting her in their life anymore and she starts to cry and she's kind of like wiping her tears away and at one point she turns away and she goes sorry and she turns her head away and it's just this yes. beautiful choice. And I I mm-hmm. think it's like, and I think there's so much to it. Because I think there's a lot about like, I think Barbara has a very open relationship with Margaret. Like, I think they have, they very much like, it. I, I think it's, I think she tries to kind of like appeal to her like human to human. And I think part of that is like, there's something about the way that she cries in front of margaret like i like i think that she doesn't want margaret to see her cry and i feel like it's an interesting mirror to the end of the movie in the bathroom when she's like openly crying with margaret and there's just like there's something about like barbara being willing to cry in front of margaret there's a narrative there yes it's my number one note is wiping the tear away and saying sorry it almost felt like um like ad-libbed yeah and even like when she hugs margaret at the end when she gets her period 
Margaret's period. Um, like when she's like, she's like, I don't know why I'm crying too. It's just like, I feel it's one of those things like in that Olivia Coleman heartstopper scene when like he comes out as bisexual and like, she just has this natural reaction to kind of tear up. It's like, cause Rachel McAdams has kids. She has a, a daughter and a son, I think is what I Googled earlier today, but she has kids, mm-hmm. um, which I think definitely adds to this. You know, there's so much of, playing a mom or a dad i remember when i was younger and i was in shows and stuff and people would say i used to get really upset when people would say like well if you don't have a kid you don't know what it's really like to be a parent i'm like well that's why i'm acting but like it's true in a way you know it's like you're never really gonna know until you know but i'm so glad rachel must be the coolest mom i i just feel like she is because of this movie but you're right it's like there's this she has to be so strong because of all of her past as well, too, that she wants to protect Margaret from and to let Margaret make her own choices. Like her and Herb are like the coolest parents. Oh, they're so cool. They really are. Like, and I think that is a great nuance of this movie. And like, because this movie, I mean, certainly is, I feel like, appropriate for all ages. You could go, kids could go with their parents to see this. Like, I don't think there's anything uncomfortable, but it's like, it's the kind of movie where, for the parents it's like they've it's kind of like the show my so-called life where like you're following claire danes's story and angela's story but like at the same time the parents have their own fully developed narratives and like you can identify with them if you're watching as an adult and i feel that way here where it's like i'm very much engaged with margaret's story but like the fact that we're actually seeing kind of real life people in barbara and herb and they're not just like you know, just the parents kind of either being like, now, Margaret, go to your room or like they're they're more mm-hmm. than just Margaret's parents in this in this story. And I love that the gender roles are kind of flipped, like normally we might see more of the dad and, you know, the mom's just the mom. But I feel like in this story specifically, like it's a, it's a a story about women. It's mm-hmm. a story about women who are like in their 30s and being just trying to do their best as a mom, like that line about her saying, uh what does she say like it's hard trying to be perfect oh all the time isn't it and it's yeah. such a simple beautiful thing to say at the very end when they're just having a moment too but um but yeah i mean i, I want to talk about herb for a second because I, I know we talked about him for a second of benny safty but I, I was like who is this guy i've never seen him before i'm oddly attracted to him very much so when he was like starting that lawnmower i don't know what oh. was going on inside me i was feeling butterflies but he's such a dweeb but he's like this hot mensch of a guy you know what i mean it's like i i don't know how to describe it but i'm like i bet you he's great in bed that's like what i kept thinking. yes i kept thinking the same thing it's like at first glance he might look like a bit of a a bit of a nerd but it just like there's a thing where guys like that if you like look again it's like oh you're so hot why are yep. you so hot why are you so good in bed and like without a doubt they are he's he's great and like they they have great sex and like great sex in the suburbs. Uh, I feel like, um, Oh God. Yes. It's kind of, I guess it reminds me of like, was it Dennis the menace? I feel like Dennis's parents, like Dennis's dad was kind of hot. I think. Yep. We had a Mm -hmm. thing for him. And that, yes, yes. I love it. Like the glasses, there's something there. And, because Rachel McAdams is like such a knockout too. So it, it feels a little like imbalanced there. Cause he's not a total, like, you know, it's not Ryan Gosling or something well, like that, yeah. but like, I'm, I'm so glad it isn't. And like going back to Barbara, 
it's like I love this story. It's like it's not gay undertones. And maybe you can help me like describe this. But like the idea of like the subplot with Barbara and her parents is that her 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 parents are Christian and obviously uh, Herb Simon is Jewish and it was like this sort of forbidden marriage and they cut her off and it's very much like a gay story in a way too so like I loved all of that and I love that it kind of came back I don't want to say full circle because it was kind of a disaster but I love that that was also part of the story and the whole religion talk as Margaret was trying to figure that out on her own yeah I, I think that like as you said earlier like how the movie kind of matured with margaret i felt like that story of like barbara wanting to reconnect with her parents and then them you know kind of just whatever that would mean for her and for and for margaret and for their family like that became a bit more in the focus you know later into the movie and then if there was just that you know that dinner party from hell with um yeah, Sylvia and her little date show off, and I loved it. I was just like, "Oh, this is just, I, I could. Yeah, this th- is what we came for, right? Like, this could go on as long as the dinner party in the birdcage. Like, I just want this to be like another hour of the movie. Is all of this, and, and I, yeah. and it really then becomes like certainly it becomes like a meltdown moment for Margaret. But I think similar to the rest of the movie, it's like we see Margaret being like, "I don't care. I don't even believe in God," and she storms out. But then it kind of the focus then shifts to Barbara being like, "It's me. I did it. it this is because of me." And at one point, like Herb's trying to say, "No, no, no. It, what they were doing, that's what caused this." And Barbara like taps her chest and goes, "Me. Yes, me." And that's where I was like, "Oh my God, best supporting <laughs> actress. Oh my God, like." Yes, there's nothing like Rachel McAdams talking through tears. Yeah, probably my top five favorite actresses. She does it so well. Oh, oh my God, it was just so. Yeah, I I just think you know when we did May December, there was a sense of like, let's make sure to put our hands in our hearts and salute Natalie Portman every day in the morning at school. Let's also salute. Let's also salute this woman let's this woman rachel mcadams let's also put her name on the list of names we say in the morning when we do the pledge of allegiance because yeah what is it daily affirmation yes. just like yeah yeah saying it over and over you know manifesting her oscar yeah right i just and i feel like and if and it, what's interesting is like and if not an oscar the fact that like she's over here doing stuff like this and yeah i just i felt like in a way if this was made, I don't know, 15 years early or whatever, it's very much like a Jennifer Garner kind of role. Oh, yes, Colin. Right? Yes. There's some there's a couple Absolutely. like Garner moments. And I and I think like you could look at this and Jennifer Garner and Juno, and there's like kind of a similar, like, oh. Oh, yeah. Because she's spot on. Right? Like, I think, you know, Juno would be an interesting movie to do because, Jenner, you know, beyond, you know, uh, Elliot Page and, and uh, Michael What's the Snakes and whatnot. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Yeah. Like, Alice and Janney and Jennifer Garner are worth discussing in that movie. Isn't Alice and Janney and J.K. Simmons a couple? Yes. J.K. Simmons. I love that. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it's there's some you know, and I think the I can't remember the the girl who plays her fr- uh Juno's friend Olivia Wilde is that who it is? She's great too. Yeah, I can't remember. Be- it's been a, it's been a long time, but I'm putting that on our list. Oh, I just saw I Am Sam. We forgot all about that. I too. wrote that on a list recently. I was trying to I I came up with a couple other ideas 
Um, we could talk about them in the actual show. Oh, Olivia Thurlby. I, I could never say that name. Okay. I always want to say Thrillby, but it's it's not. Thrillby. Um, but yeah, no. Also, I am Sam. Uh, I think I had. Oh, there were a couple others. Oh, I had. There's a couple others. Maybe I'll. You okay, know what? Hey, I'm excited. Maybe I'll say them now. Maybe you know. I'll say one. I'll yeah, say one. I'm excited. Say about. their names. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think we should do Mystic River. Oh yeah, yeah. Marsha, because we got Marcia Laura Gay Linney and Laura Linney. Marsha Gay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's. I I feel like I remember that, especially Laura Boston, Linney, right? Uh, in Boston, yeah. Um, and I think that was the year. I think Tim Robbins won Best Supporting Actor, and Sean Penn won Best yep. Actor. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, but you know what? Nat, while I'm spilling the beans, folks, you're getting a little special preview. I. Uh, I've had Silver Linings Playbook on my list for a while. At some point, we should do that. Um, oh, that would be nice, too. We should probably do Babel at some point. Oh, my gosh. It's been ages. Yeah. All I remember is Kate Blanchett getting shot. Yeah. And I remember the woman who runs out of the car at like the cut, like the border. Yeah, and running I'm through like, the that desert. Or woman. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah. Um, and then the only other one, I've never seen Birdman, but it's got so many great women in it. I've seen it. I think Emma Stone yeah. is great. Um, I don't want to veto it because it it is a good movie. I mean, Michael Keaton is also great. And there's also, uh, what is her? She's Australian. Um, was she Australian? Naomi Watts is in it. Yeah. Andrea Riseborough is in it. In it. Amy Ryan. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Lindsay Duncan, who's somebody. Jackie Hoffman. Uh, so that's why, I mean, I, I haven't Jackie. seen it, but those are names from like, oh. Oh, Paula Pell plays Lady in Bar. I mean. <laughs> what more do we need? Yeah, Best Supporting Featured Actress or Best Featured Actress at the Westons. Yeah. Uh, Merritt uh. Weaver plays Annie. I mean. Wow, I didn't know there were that many women. I guess I saw it when I, it came out in theaters, and I, I don't remember any of those women making, like, I don't want to say making an impact, because that sounds like I'm just some snob, but um, I would like to revisit that. Yeah. I that is a cast. I, that's stacked. It, we'll do a little, we'll do a little, you know, test run. We'll see what happens. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, folks, if you want to get sneak previews of things like what we're going to be doing in the future, you should join us for the Best Supporting After Show. We talk about more than just episodes we might do in the future. We talk about the awards shows going on right now. We talk about the stuff we've been watching. We have, B you know, BSAs of the week. We have assignments. And you get a whole extra episode every week. And you get early access to episodes just like this. And you get it all for five bucks a month. What a deal. What a deal. It's at, what a deal. That's at patreon.com slash BSA pod. And that's what they call an organic way of weaving in a little bit <laughs> of a promo. Um, Absolutely. What a pro. Yeah, well, you know, I've been called worse. So uh, anyway, uh, those are some thoughts, some, some things. And of course, but you know, and I, I will save my selection, my birthday week selection, which I have made. I will save okay. that for the after show. I can't wait. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's tough because we already did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I really had to like think about it. Oh. Yeah, but anyway, uh, anyway, bringing us back to um, to Margaret, you know, I have a question. Do you have 
what is your summertime experience with the sprinkler? Because of course, early in the movie, Nancy <laughs> and Margaret do a lot of running around under the, under the sprinkler. Is that a part of your life growing up? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. We had a pool growing up, uh, an above ground pool, uh-huh. it was like four feet deep and it was just big enough, you know, and so all the neighborhood kids would kind of come over to our house. Um, but there were, there were a few times, uh, where I did the sprinkler and I did love it. There is something about like just hopping through it and it's like, it kind of feels nice and it's like, it, you feel a little silly doing it. I feel like you can age out of a sprinkler really quickly but i've i've always enjoyed a sprinkler i feel like even nowadays i would not do a slip and slide at my age no way no sir Mm, Um, no my god a sprinkler i've always enjoyed a sprinkler yeah i same that was a you know we actually it's very similar we had about like a four foot above ground pool for a couple years in the backyard and then eventually tore that bitch down and we joined the grand centurions pool club which uh nice you know it sounds we we were probably the poorest people there but it was uh oh my god that's a whole other tangent i I just i have to like excavate my memories of the grand centurions for my brain because like they're deep in there you know Um, yeah that sounds great sounds like a name of a book yeah the (laughs) grand centurions um but uh but but then i feel like we would put the sprinkler on in the front, in the front yard and do a lot of running through the wave of the sprinkler. And it's, you know, it's kind of like if you can't be in a, in a below ground pool, you'll be in an above ground pool. If you can't get an above ground pool, maybe it's a kiddie pool. If you can't get that, you get the sprinkler out. You know, you can't get that. You just spray the hose at each other. Yeah, it gets the job done. I think a sprinkler can do exactly what a pool does, you know, if, yeah. especially if you run through it long enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but all the grass on your feet afterwards. So much That's true. But then you would put your foot like on the sprinkler yep. and it would feel it would feel good it between your toes. Tickle a yeah. little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh you know, well, and another thing, so obviously this movie is also about is largely actually about Margaret trying to figure out what religion she wants to be her father's jewish her mother's mm-hmm. catholic traditionally uh in terms of the jewish faith because my father's jewish my mother was catholic my mother is catholic um you're raised with the mother's religion so like technically you know uh she would you know according to you know uh herb's faith unless they're very you know uh, uh whatever the word is not orthodox uh they would raise her christian but i guess Barbara, probably given her experience with her parents, is like eh, on the religion. Um, and so yeah. it's Margaret trying to kind of establish her connection with God and trying to figure out w- w- how that manifests. And I feel like once you bring religion and God into the into the picture, like I think it's very tricky to not feel like like you know that moment when you realize like, oh, this is like a a movie with a message. Like, oh, yes, this is a Christian movie. Like, oh, this is all a metaphor for God stuff, you know, or like you're listening to a Mm -hmm. song and you're like, this song is about Jesus, isn't it? And like, my hair trigger reaction is like, oh, you know, Um, but that's also because, you know, I've got my own baggage. But like, I, A, I think this movie like, nailed it i didn't feel like it ever got weird i thought it always kind of felt very real but i also feel like b i kind of enjoy i maybe in my older age i kind of enjoy 
seeing somebody kind of, I don't know, think about faith or think about like how they want to like, I don't know, navigate this world. I don't know. I, I, I was open to the topic, I suppose. I agree. I think it's, I, another sh- a TV show, not a movie, that I think did this really well was The Middle, mm-hmm. um, because Sue Heck like didn't have any friends, and so Frankie, played by Patricia Heaton, uh, said, "Why don't you go like hang out with the youth group?" And then Sue kind of like started to hang out with the youth group, and like Axel, the brother, she was like, well, "Why don't you go to youth group?" And he like this line is like so perfect. He said like um, he's like I don't really care about religion now, but once I get older, I'll do what everyone else does and start going to church. You know, yeah, it's like uh-huh. it's kind of that, and it was so perfect. I was like, yeah, that is kind of the deal because it's like slowly happening with my parents. Like again, it's like I think I've said this on the pod before that my parents only pray when Keon is around. Um, when we comes over for dinner it's very performative and we went to celebrate christmas with my parents like two weekends ago because we were in new hampshire and we were just we just like picked up pizza because there was a huge snowstorm and it like it all fell apart um and my mom was like ready to take a bite of her pizza and it was actually my dad who was like well are we gonna pray first and i was like oh god this is this is weird here (laughs) but i it is kind of they're entering that zone of like you know people tend to get more religious because it's also something to do during the week it's also a community and that they can be a part of you know yeah i think that's a big part of it you know my parents my grandparents were like super religious went to church all the time were eucharistic ministers like all that and I feel like my mom, I feel like they both, my parents, my mom and my stepdad, I think they've both kind of just like, they're like, eh, I think we're done with the Catholic church. And we're done. And it's like surprising that, especially them moving to the South, they didn't like, and they had like those neighbors who were very like churchy. And my parents, it, like, I don't, I like, unless it's like a funeral or a wedding, I don't think my parents would set foot, foot in a church, even for like a Christmas mass. Yeah. So that's interesting. Whereas like, I like, I'll be honest, like if there was, I would prefer it to not really be like Rome, obviously Roman Catholic or whatever, but like if there was some situation that was very much like, we love everybody. And it was just like, here's some interesting readings from a book. And here's just some people talking about some ideas and maybe we'll sing some songs and maybe there's snacks in a basement. Yes. And we meet every week and it's like an hour and you leave feeling pretty good. I might, I don't hate that idea. Like, I, I don't know. I, it's something I have mm-hmm. been very much thinking about in a way that I didn't think I would admit on a podcast, but I guess, are you there? God, it's me, Colin. <laughs> I, I guess there's a part of me that's like, huh? Well, what would that do? You know? Yeah, I think as queer people or anyone else who's sort of, you know, seen as other in the Catholic Church or any other church is naturally going to have that, like you said, like that knee-jerk reaction to something that suddenly becomes religious or, you know, it's an eye roll or like, come on, Dad, let's just eat the pizza. Uh Who cares? But you're right. I mean, I, I used to be paid to sing at churches, so that's like the only way I'd really go to church now. But you're right. It's like there are... There's a few churches in Pittsburgh. Like I had um, a gay friend that I was in Into the Woods with that he and his partner would go to this one church and there's like a rainbow flag outside. And it it's almost like you need that sort of permission and again, feeling like safe in that sort of environment for you to 
be comfortable enough to go. But like, but there's always church. It's like there's always church drama, no matter oh, how yeah. good the church is. You know, uh-huh. like you got to volunteer for this, or like, oh, we didn't see you at the bazaar. Or, you know, it, I wouldn't want any of that. I would just want to go and yeah, have a couple donuts and maybe help out every once in a while. But it, it almost does feel like you know, going back to this movie, like the PTA meetings where you have to sign up for something. I wouldn't want that part, but there are parts that I, I've had similar thoughts is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. There, Once it becomes like this organized thing, it can have like the same baggage as anything else. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel like, I, you know, obviously I, I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to senior year of high school. So like, I know a thing or two about Jesus. You know what I mean? Like I've heard, yeah, I've heard, yeah. I've heard a few stories and I kind of feel like if you remove it from all of the Catholic, all of like the baggage, especially for like gay folks, the Jesus narrative as like a character, whether you believe he was real or not, that narrative is very interesting. And like on mm-hmm. its own, it's like, uh, Jesus had no problem with gay people. Jesus didn't have a problem with lepers. Yeah. He didn't have a problem with prostitutes. He didn't have a problem with nobody. Like, unless you were an yep. asshole. He definitely had no problem with gay people. And like, and all of the all of the textbooks and all of the crucifixes I had to stand and kneel in front of for all those years, Jesus was not a bad looking guy. So it would behoove him to be open <laughs> to all genders. You might as well enjoy the 33 years you had on this planet. You're the son of God, for God's sake. So like... <laughs> You know, <laughs> don't waste those abs like that man. I mean, monkey qualities, monkey qualities. Yeah, um, I, I firmly believe it. And so, like, there's also that where I'm like that the character and the narrative and the teachings of that person. It's like I, I this all makes good sense to me. So, like, yeah, I just wish people didn't then attach it to like God hates fags. It's like God made fags. What are you talking about? Yes. God made yes. fags. He knew he knew what he was doing. That's the sign. Yeah. Who's going to help out all those middle school girls? Exactly. <laughs> this is this is intelligent design at its finest. God made an awkward teenage awkward 13-year-old girls and he made gay 12-year-old boys and he said you guys are going to be friends. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um who needs church? So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind working a soup kitchen situation. You know, it's good enough for Luann. Yeah. It's good enough for me, you know? Would you believe it, girls? Do you believe it, girls? You know, one <laughs> scoop, you know, one ladle and you fill the bowl. Um, oh, God. Uh, I, I do want to talk about Kathy Bates before we rack up, rack, before we wrap up. Um, I, you know, she is a little cartoony, but I did appreciate her again. It's like what I would like. I would have loved to have seen Caroline Aaron in this role, but I did love the line about the cheese and her new like boyfriend. She's like, you eat, you can eat all the oh, cheese you yeah. want. I'm sure your cholesterol is low. Uh, like she, she's definitely, she's someone who has like a zinger every other second too. And like how excited she was when she took Margaret to temple. Um, and the line, of course, like I, what was it? Like, I, I heard that when you don't have any loved ones around your life, your life expectancy drops drastically, but you know, I've had a good run. It's like that guilt uh-huh. that moms do so well. And interestingly enough, she's talking to Barbara there. She's not talking to Herb. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Cause there's also like, yeah, the Barbara and Sylvia relationship, which is like a sort of yeah. subtle narrative in the movie. Um, I love mm-hmm. when she takes Margaret to to temple and, and you know she talks about how like the, the rabbi is like oh he's great gets you in two hours in and out bing bang boom and like that's such a thing across so many religions of like 
we used to have like, you know, when we used to go to mass most weekends or it's like, we'll do the Saturday at five o'clock. They get you in and out in 35 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's like, let's just get it over with and we'll go to dinner. And I feel like that I just like recognize of like, let's just like, they'll get you in and out. I just got to go do this thing. Um, and yep. yeah. And I, yeah. And I love like, well, cause it's like, it, they go see Pirates of Penzance in New York, Sylvia and Margaret. Yes, I loved that. Um, and it was like, I guess they were seeing it in the park, but I... Yeah, the Delacour, the, yeah. But it wasn't summer, and I thought the summer was the only time they did plays in the park, but... Yeah, that's I probably a weird little timeline glitch there. Yep, yeah, yep. But, like, I'm just being an asshole. Um, <laughs> and I also just want to call out, there's, you know, in, in much smaller roles, there's... Um, Nancy's mom, uh, yeah, Mrs. Wheeler, played by a woman named Kate McCluggage. I was like, all right, oh my goodness, love that. Yeah, people are like, you know what? I'm going to Hollywood with this name. I'm not changing nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I loved her, but then I also just want to call out Norman's mother, who we only see at that little basement dinner party. Yes, when she's like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'll just, I'm gonna go. And I was like, ah. <clears throat> I, I I need to see more of Norman's mother. I just I love this yes. woman. Um I needed her to come back down and for like Norman to be like, Mom. And I feel yeah. like Gabe in Pen 15 had a similar mom. Like Yeah. That boy so too. has always has the same mom. Yep. Yes. Uh, I just God, I I cannot recommend this movie enough to anybody who's listening who hasn't seen it. It's so good. And it's just so good. I, I think it is so good. I think it is such a solid movie. And I, I'm so cheering for it. I just want more and more people to embrace this because it's so, it, oh, I made, it just made me feel so happy. Agreed. It's like, and the one, the one person who we haven't really talked about too is, I mean, we talked about her, but just like the actress who played Margaret, yeah. Abby Ryder Forston or Fortson, um, was so stellar like i i just like really loved her like i think she's a great crier not that that's like a touchstone for like a great actress but like especially someone that young too like i loved when she paid um moose at the end and like really kind of capturing that awkward teenageness i guess um i loved her in this uh, a lot of great face journeys too she was so good i thought she was she was so charming i thought like the first little conversation you know the first little talk to god she had some great little nuances that like there were like some deborah messing kind of choices or just like oh how intelligent and like the, another reason to watch eighth grade is like similarly uh the the lead in that is just like mm -hmm. oh what a great little actress what a what a genuinely yeah. great little actress um yeah i thought this girl was I, I, abby Ryder fortson has she let's see is this like her how old is she That's, i feel like there was oh she doesn't show was her she in like a superhero movie or like shazam or something i feel oh, like i saw something ant-man was... and the wasp oh yes yeah that's right that's oh, right yeah, she's been she's been in some trolls things she's a bit of a uh she's from the trolls averse Okay, good for She's her. She's the troll, troll girl. Yeah. And I will say this too, even though I hated Nancy Wheeler as the character, Elle Graham, when she did get her period in the stall, like that was a, such a great acting scene with her. I was very impressed. And I was also like, fuck you, Nancy, you lied. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, I felt so good, but also the way that like Margaret plays it is so perfect too, because she's just like 
realizing that Nancy lied about getting her period first and that Nancy's just like a terrible person, but it's also like this huge vulnerable moment for her. Um, right, right. It was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nancy is she if this was a movie made in the 70s, like a very like a young Jodie Foster would play Nancy. Like, um, yeah, she just like especially in that first scene when she first comes to Margaret's house. I was like, oh, God, Jodie Foster used to do this all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as we're we're, you know, coming around the river bend, I also I do want to just go back to Rachel McAdams because I wanted to point out. Please. There was a, the moment when she sees the bird outside the window and there's just like <gasps> shot of her face. And yes. it's just this incredible moment of like, oh, my God, I'm inspired. And it's so beautiful. And I just I love I just love that narrative that she's also like just puttering around this house, kind of just like trying to find direction, um, not painting, but keeping one of her paintings out as sort of like a beacon. They still don't have a couch. They just have that lawn chair. Um, yes. Which I have to mention that that scene when er Herb goes outside and gets the chair and then like like opens it with like or closes it with like one arm and like brings it into yes. the living room. I was like, oh, my God, take me with you onto that chair. <laughs> my yes. my herb my spicy you have to herb. run through the sprinkler to cool down. oh yeah so much grass on my feet it's worth it <laughs> for him it's worth it yeah it's i feel like barbara is like this entire time like we were saying before it's like she has a lot to sift through like there's a loss of identity like she doesn't have to work anymore because herb gets the promotion but with that comes like what am i doing because like she's not a pta mom like she's an artist but she's also trying to be this mother and also trying to possibly patch up a relationship with her parents and I, there's just so much to play with and i'm i'm so glad they gave her that yeah yeah this was i mean i think that like there's a value to also having like three-dimensional adult characters yeah it's like even the way like after the big fight goes down and margaret walks in the house and barbara asks her if she wants to talk and margaret like you know the emotion emotional intelligence on this child too she's like i don't really feel like talking right now where i would have just like stormed up to right. my room you know like because i don't know how to deal with emotions right. and 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 the way barbara's just like yeah yeah me too i don't really feel like talking either but you know why don't you come just let's just sit sit by each other like the way that she introduces that and the way they just sit there and their silence and it's just so beautiful yeah I it's love barbara simon it's sort of like a little bit of a it gives me a little bit of kissing jessica stein on the bench yeah almost you know yes. i thought we were gonna get a little bit longer of a scene but i was like you know a little bonding while sitting next to each other i'll take it yeah i loved it oh it just it's so good i this movie now i uh, I'll, I'll say in terms of obviously like it, I'm sure it'll be it's available to rent places but like I found it on stars which I didn't even think mm. existed anymore and it turns out the sort of bootleg account which you have the credentials for that I use to access many things I also use to access stars so add that to Ooh, the things you now okay. have access to stars is a world of content that I didn't even know existed. Like show we, we, when we did back in the day, we did like Grey's Anatomy and whatnot. And we were talking about like new Amsterdam and these shows where it's like, who yes. watches these shows that have had seven seasons and stars is a perfect example of that. I'm like, what is, I've never heard of this show. It's in its third season. Oh gosh. 
So I can't wait. Yeah. I feel like it's like going to the abandoned mall that you used to go to as a kid and all the stores are there. Yeah, right, right. And like there's just a Bed Bath & Beyond or a, ba- a Bath & Body Works and a GNC and a, you know, yes. bourbon chicken are still open. Yeah. The Disney store. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, you know, uh, just a little, you know, something to expand your catalog with. 2024 stars. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but folks, seek this out. Oh, this movie this movie's so good. This movie, I just, I'm so rooting for this movie to just have an audience. Yeah, same. Great choice. Are you there, audience? It's me. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it's, you can plug anything into it. Yeah, yeah. Are you there, God? It's me, Marco. I would like a half a can of Fancy Feast. Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course. Ugh. Anyway, on that note, I believe I am hearing a song from a Toyota commercial in the 90s that must be for being played off. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can hear more of me on my other podcast, All Right, Mary, where we are currently wading our way into season 16 of RuPaul's Drag Race. There's, oh, the, the, the feelings people are having. I don't, I don't know how much... Plain Jane. Plain Jane. Plain Jane's really stirring things up for people. Um, but of course, you can also find me on Instagram at Trucker underscore, and you can find both of us on Instagram in a best supporting capacity at Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And are you peeled, peepers? It's me, the best supporting after show. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, how's he going to spin it? And of course, you do it beautifully. Oh, I mean, you know, I just just have to give it a little bit of a twirl. It's a gift. Oh, you know, it's (laughs) using my degree from college in any way I can. Uh, So we, of course, do have the best supporting after show coming where we are going to catch up on these recent Oscar nominations. Uh, We are going to be talking about some podcast love. We... Uh, we've got a whole, I've got a few treat things to talk about. Probably some TikTok talk, you know? Um, yes, I'm excited. And so much more. And as I told you seamlessly earlier, you can find all of that at patreon.com slash pod. And you can get early access to this episode. You can get access to that episode every week. You get two episodes every week. You get four, eight episodes every month. $5 a month. Now is the best time to sign up, folks, especially during award season. There's so many things to talk about, nominations, award shows. Yeah. It's a good time. TikToks, you know, because I don't know about you, but I love TikTok. I don't know. I do, too. Uh, Well, we have much to say, but we're going to say it all in the after show. So that means we need to get into two pre-owned lease toilet yourselves named Ruth and Cheryl and get the hell out of Stepford. Sounds good. Good. Well, good. And that, as they say, is that. Yeah, 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 yeah.